Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This episode is from September 17th, 2023, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. The first reading for today is from Genesis 50, 15 to 21. After Jacob's death, the brothers of Joseph begged for forgiveness for the crime they had done against him. You intended to do me harm, Joseph said, but God used this as an opportunity to do good and save many lives. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him, and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is from Romans 14, 1 to 12. This Christian community has significant struggles with diversity. Here Paul helps us understand that despite different practices in worship and personal piety, we do not judge one another. All Christians belong to the Lord Jesus Christ who died for all of us and will judge each of us. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some people believe in eating anything while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain. And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day Observe it in honor of the Lord. Also, those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. This is the word of the Lord. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Lord God, we give thanks for this day that you have given to us and the opportunity to gather once again together with your church for your presence in our humanity, that we might be able to see you, that we may be able to learn your ways, that we might be able to know your paths here in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our conflicts, that you are revealing a new and better way through your Son, Jesus Christ. Gather us together in that power once again. Help us to hear your word and receive it, and that it might take root and grow in our lives and bear much fruit. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. So we heard in today's second reading, each of us will be accountable to God. Each of us will be accountable to God. This weekend marks the beginning of a new year for our Jewish brothers and sisters, known as Rosh Hashanah. Our friend Terry Groh has been most helpful in exploring the Jewish roots of our Christian tradition. And today's readings reflect some themes that are emphasized by this important holiday. With the beginning of a new year also comes time for reflection, 
and repentance and renewal, culminating in Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It is a time for reconciling with those one is estranged from and embracing a fresh start as a new year begins. A friend of mine observed in a social media post, Rosh Hashanah is introspective in nature and has a lot of meaning. At the core, it's about cleaning up things in your life so you can start the new year with a fresh slate. A good way to get started is by asking yourself where you're hitting the mark and where you need some adjusting. It's not a coincidence that Rosh Hashanah is also about the trifecta of forgiveness, apologizing, forgiving, and receiving forgiveness. Making amends with loved ones and even forgiving yourself can be the most powerful part of this holiday, and you don't have to be Jewish to take part. May this Rosh Hashanah be the start of a year filled with open doors of opportunities, blessings, and moments of reflection as we celebrate together. What a helpful insight into the invitation conveyed by today's readings. From the story of Joseph and his brothers to Jesus' parable of the unmerciful servant, they prompt reflection on the nature of God's relationship to you and its impact on your relationship with your neighbor. The haunting question that began today's first reading establishes just how important this relationship is. What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong we did to him? We aren't usually encouraged to think this way in a world of self-justification and narcissistic self-absorption. But church, what if the grudges and hurts and wrongs that you are responsible for were all paid back in full? What if you were held accountable for everything you have said and done in your life? Or for that matter, everything that you've left undone and unsaid? When confronted with the harsh reality of retribution, it's tempting to look for some easy way out, as Joseph's brothers did, and ace up your sleeve to guarantee that things will go your way. But there is no substitute for authenticity in reconciliation. Joseph's tears in that story and his brother's tears in response broke through the facade of deception as all pretense fell away and they were able to genuinely experience in God's presence a new beginning. This isn't an outcome that you can control or manipulate. This isn't an outcome that you can control or manipulate, but rather it is a precious gift that is received as you are honest with yourself and with your neighbor. Such honesty is hard to come by. Amen? Such honesty is hard to come by. It goes against the deep instinct to protect yourself at all costs 
and to survive in a harsh and unforgiving world. Jesus' parable used gross exaggeration to illustrate how deeply we resist this approach to life. A denarius was the average daily wage of a worker in Jesus' time. And one single talent equaled more than 15 years of wages. Think about that for a minute. One talent equaled more than 15 years of work. The comparison between 100 denarii and 10,000 talents was intended to be outrageous and unbelievable. How could someone repay 150,000 years of work, of labor? And yet, think about it, church. What if you were held accountable for every wrong you ever committed, if every uncharitable thought and action were exposed before everyone? Of course, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul meant by saying, each of us will be accountable to God. There is no hiding place from God's judgment seat. It's only by grace and mercy that anyone can stand there. And the Bible's amazing testimony is of the working of mercy and grace in ordinary lives like those of Joseph and his brothers, like the Apostle Paul's and the community that he shared, and like yours and mine. It is about grace and mercy embodied in our human story as Jesus died and lived again to be Lord of both the dead and the living. It is about the object of the joyous exclamation of the psalmist, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me bless God's holy name, remembering God's goodness, compassion, and love. Perhaps the only thing bigger than the difference between 10,000 talents and 100 denarii is the distance between east and west, between heaven and earth, the psalmist's attempt at describing how far God removes our sins and our iniquities. The question then is what this means for your relationships, from how you regard yourself to how you relate to your neighbor. As Paul reminds us, you and I are not here to judge or to despise our neighbor, but rather to serve and defend them, responding with lives of gratitude for the love first shown to us. You don't have to look far to see the outcome of grudges, hurts, and wrongdoing in our world. Jesus offers you the invitation to a new and better way, reflective of God's living in you. Amen.